All right. All right. Let's look in Daniel chapter number two. Daniel chapter number two, and we'll, we'll uh, start in verse number 31. Verse 31. If you're there, say amen. amen. Thou, O king, sawest and behold a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms uh, of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and break them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass and the silver and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away and no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Now this is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the fields and the fowls of the heaven, hath he given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet and the toes, part of potter's clay, part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. Whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, and they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Now, now we're in these next few verses is where we're going to get most of the outline. Verse 44. And in those days, or in the days of these kings, that's very key, in the days of these kings, plural, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. How many of y'all are glad of that? Say amen. amen. Which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Forasmuch as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold. Here it is. Here it is. The great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. Hereafter. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, thank you so much for your blessings, your mercy. Thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to be in your house. Uh, Lord, there's a, there's a half a dozen places all these people could be. Lord, they're here tonight. They're here to learn. They're here to study. And they're here to grow. And I pray, God, that you will bless them for being here. Uh, Lord, bless all of our friends and family at Fairview tonight. Lord, I pray that your perfect will be done. Move in an awesome way. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. We're going to do just a real brief review uh, uh, to kind of pick you up. It's been a few weeks. Amen. It's been a few weeks since we've been in Daniel. Uh, uh, but we know that Daniel, Daniel, if this is your first time with us on Wednesday night, uh, uh, Daniel has been taken captive. He is in uh, Babylon. He is in captivity. And uh, the king has had a dream. In this dream, he wanted to know what the interpretation was. The king has his own uh, interpreters. He has his own uh, 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 soothsayers, magicians, uh, people who are supposed to be able to interpret dreams as such. And they were not able to do it. The king was furious. He, he was furious. He was going to kill all the wise men, all the Chaldeans, all the wise men. And Daniel said, whoa, 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 whoa. Give me a chance. Let me see. Let me see uh, if God will reveal it to me. As we know uh, uh, from the last study, uh, God, God gave him the dream. Not only did he give him the dream, but he gave him the interpretation of the dream. And we covered that. We talked about the times of the Gentiles. Uh, the times that God would allow 
basically universal rule over this earth and, and dominion of this earth with the Gentile people and not through the nation of Israel. And uh, so with that being said, with that being said, let me give you a little, a little review of some of what was on the last outline that you had in this particular chapter. W.A. Criswell wrote this. It was God's purpose that the administration of government and the representative of religion of the whole earth be centered in his chosen people, Israel. It was God's further purpose that their king should be the incarnate son of heaven himself and that he should reign upon his throne in Zion in Jerusalem and that from him should flow out all the blessings of mankind. What does that mean? It means God chose Israel. God picked Israel. God chose Israel out of all the nations of the earth. He took and separated them and called them, brought them apart and blessed them. And he said, I will bless them that bless you and I will curse them that curse you. You've got a job. You've got a responsibility. I want you to be a light to all the rest of the world. I want you to be a witness to all the rest of the world. And you're going to be a representative to the world, to all the other nations of who I am. Now, how many of y'all know they failed miserably? They dropped the ball bad, terribly. It was God's intention uh, 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 to, to, to work and deal with the world through the nation of Israel. And then we see what happened. They sinned. They sinned terribly, terribly wicked. God judged them. He took them into captivity. Uh, the Babylonians came. They conquered Jerusalem and they took them into captivity. In 592 BC, <clears throat> Ezekiel saw the glory of God leave the temple. You see, God resided with his people. And, and by the way, just so you understand, there is a reason, there is a reason that, that, that Israel and specifically Jerusalem is a hotbed on this planet because it's God's city. It is the capital of the world. It will be the capital of the world when Jesus returns. He is going to rule the world from Jerusalem. It will be the capital of the world. That's why the devil's crowd wants it so bad. That's why it's always been a hotbed and always will be a hotbed. And so God resided in Solomon's temple. His, his presence was there. His power was there. Uh, we could see, you know, when they've come, we, we, we've said this before about the Queen of Sheba. When she came, you know, she had seen temples before. That was no big deal. Every city she had gone to had a temple in it, but she had never seen a temple with a cloud in it. Amen. She'd never seen a temple with a manifest presence of God in it. Well, when they sinned, when they uh, rebelled against God and lived so wickedly, God removed his presence from the temple. And that's what we're reading here about with Ezekiel. In 592 BC, Ezekiel saw the glory of God leave the temple, leave the holy city and ascend to Bethany on the Mount of Olives. The departure of God's glory from the temple is solemnly narrated by the prophet Ezekiel, who was among the captives by the river of Chabar. We see that in Ezekiel 1.1. Step by step, the glory of God departs slowly from his house, seen in vision by the prophet, manifesting the reluctance of God to leave the midst of his people where he had dealt. The glory left the holiest of all and departed to the threshold of the house. That's Ezekiel 9, 3 and Ezekiel 10, 4. Then it departed from the threshold of the house and stood over the cherubims at the door of the east gate of the Lord's house. Ezekiel 10, verses 18 through 19. And the last sight of the divine glory at the time of its departure, meaning the representative presence of God, the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city, <clears throat> stood upon the mountain, which is on the east side of the city, uh, Mount of Olives, by the way, Ezekiel eleven twenty three. Even, listen, in other words, God had departed. He left the temple, he left the city, he left his people. And in 586 BC, the city and the temple was destroyed. Completely destroyed by the Babylonians. Now, what, what is so significant about that? All right. Up until then, God was dealing with this earth through his people, Israel. He, his presence was there. 
His power was there. Uh, his rulership, if you will, was there. He ruled, he blessed Israel. Israel had never experienced the blessings like they had during that time, during the, the end of David's reign, Solomon's reign, through all of that. But now that was over. Even when they were able to come back, we know 70 years later, they were able to come back, right? They were able to come back and rebuild the walls, rebuild the city. But even when they, the second temple was rebuilt in its place, after the return from the Jewish exile, God's glory did not occupy it. Moreover, there is no record of the shimmering luminous glory ever again occupying an earthly building. God had transferred the rulership of the world out of the hands of Israel, his chosen family, and placed it in the hands of the, the Gentiles. What are you saying? The times of the Gentiles had begun. In other words, the sovereignty and the rulership of the earth now would lie in the hands of the great Gentile powers until the time of Christ. Now, that's the review of what we covered uh, the last time we were in chapter number two. Now, so point number one, we're going to look at point number one. And this is going to be just a slight review of the dream. Now, the dream is in Babylon. Daniel is interpreting the dream. He is at that particular time within that 70 year window, right? He is in captivity. Now, God is allowing this king to see what the future is going to hold. And that's what he is seeing. Is everybody with me? Say amen. Okay. Now, here's the first part. Number one, write this down. First, we see the futile kingdoms, the futile kingdoms. We find the golden empire of Babylon. Come on now, get with me. This is just review. That's why you have the answers there. All right. You already know this. You've done wrote this down several weeks ago. Okay. The first thing we see was the golden empire of Babylon. The head, the gold head of that vision and that dream represented uh, Babylon. The silver kingdom of Medo-Persia. The bronze kingdom of, of Greece. Then the iron kingdom of, of Rome. So there's basically four kingdoms that were going to take place. Now, as far as weak are concerned, they are in the past. Now, it wasn't in the past when Daniel was writing it down. Are y'all with me? Say amen. It was in the future. It was in the future. He was presently in the time of the head of gold. He was during the Babylonian empire, right? So all the other three were in the future when it came to Daniel, but not us. All right. Not us. All four, the Babylonian, uh, the, 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 the Greek, the, the Medo-Persian, uh, the Roman empire. When it comes to us, they're all in the they're all in the past. We have the ability to go to secular history and read all about them. Isn't that amazing? God told Daniel all those years before they ever took place that that was going to happen. And now we can go see the proof and all of the evidence in secular history books that God's word is dead on the money. Say amen. Now, but there's one more there. There's one more there. We see the Babylonians, the Medo-Persians, the Greek. Then we see the Romans, but look at E, look at E. Then we see the, the future kingdom of the Antichrist, which is represented by the 10 toes, the 10 toes. And we're going to talk about that, which is really cool. All right. So these are the kingdoms of the world from the time, from the time, I keep forgetting the camera from the time that the, the, the nation of Israel was conquered. From the time of the destruction of Bab or the, the, the walls around Jerusalem, uh, the temple in Jerusalem, from that point on, when God's glory departed, everything was turned over to the, the Gentiles. And the Gentiles, I mean, all you got to do is turn on the TV. You can see that the Gentiles have basically ran the world all the way up until where we're at today and where we're going to see with the reign of the Antichrist. Now... There's only been four major world powers. There's only been four. The Babylonian, the Medo-Persian, the Greek, and the Roman. 
Now, after that, there's been many powers, many smaller uh, uh, areas, many, uh, 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 you could see different countries that, that would come. And by the way, it's, it, they have tried it. Uh, uh, Napoleon tried to rule the world. Hitler tried to rule the world. We can just go name after name after name. But guess what? Daniel said that wasn't going to happen. There was only going to be four. And guess what? There's only been, there's only been four. God's word is true and it's dead on the money. Amen. Now, but what are we talking about with these toes? What are we talking about with these toes? Okay. See, we see the future or excuse me, the futile kingdoms. Now, number two, look at the future kings, plural kings. All right. Look in verse 44. Well, actually go to verse 42 and then we'll skip to 44. All right. He's going through the, he's going through, uh, the, the image that he saw. He talked about the gold. He talked about the, the brass. He talked about the silver. He talked about the clay and the iron. And now he's talking about the feet and the, specifically the toes. Verse 42. Are you there? Say amen. amen. And as the toes. Is that plural or singular? Plural. All right. How many toes are usually on a foot? There's five on the foot, but how many on the feet? 10. All right. Guess got to be clear about that. Amen. All right. 10 toes on the feet. Now, all right. As the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. Now look at verse 44. And now, now the gold represented Babylon, right? The silver represented Medo-Persia. The bronze represented Greece. Uh, the iron represented Rome. These 10 toes, these 10 toes are representing what? Verse 44. And in the days of these, what? Kings. Kings. Singular or plural? Plural. In the days of these kings. Who were the kings? The toes. The toes. The individual toes. Okay. The 10 toes represents 10 future kings. All right, say that with me. The 10 toes represent the 10 future kings. All right, now let's talk about them. Let's find them. Let's find them in in scripture. First, we see Daniel 7. Daniel 7, look at your notes. Daniel 7, 24. Now, they are described not as 10 toes this time, but 10 horns. The 10 horns out of this kingdom are 10 kings that shall what? Arise. They're going to come up. In the future, 10 kings and another shall rise after them and he shall be diverse from the first and he shall subdue three kings. Now this other is the Antichrist, the Antichrist. What we're going to see is that in the end, in the end, before Christ comes, there's going to be 10 major kings, 10 major, where they may be called prime ministers. They may be called presidents. They may be called emperors. We don't know what, but, but God is calling them kings here. There's going to be 10 world rulers that are going to come to power. 10 major world rulers that are going to come to power. And I believe coming from the, the revived Roman empire and they're going to, to, to come into power with the antichrist. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now it says, and he shall speak. This is, this is the, the other King, the antichrist. He shall speak great words against the most high. He shall wear out the saints of the most high and think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of times. But the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it under the end and the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominion shall serve and obey him. That's talking about Christ. Amen. Revelation 17, three. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having how many seven heads and what? 10 horns and set revelation 17, nine. And here is the mind, which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. All right. Revelation 17, 12 and the 
the 10 horns. All right. So we have seven heads and 10 horns. We've learned that the seven heads represented are a type of seven mountains, right? Seven mountains or seven hills. Okay. Now, then we have 10 horns. Okay. Verse 12, the 10 horns, which thou sawest are 10 kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but shall receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. In other words, these 10 world rulers are going to gather together and they're going to, they're going to give all of their power and authority to one person, the Antichrist. And the Antichrist will be the final one world ruler. All right. But it's temporary. Say amen. These, these shall make war with the lamb. And the lamb shall overcome them. Amen. Amen. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Now let's talk about them seven hills. Do y'all know that Rome is called the city of seven hills? Rome sits on seven hills. I had all their names and I was going to try to pronounce them, but I couldn't ever pronounce them right. So just take my word for it. Google it when you leave. Say amen. The city on seven hills. What are you saying? I believe, I believe with all of my heart that the 10 world rulers, the 10 world leaders at that time are going to come from the revived Roman empire. They're going to be in confederation with the antichrist. This, this world ruler, this world leader, the hero is going to step forward and they're going to love him. They're going to support him and they're going to give all of their authority. So in other words, all of the authority of all of the nations on this planet will be consolidated in those 10 leaders and then given to the Antichrist. Those are the future kings. When it's all said and done, those are going to be the world rulers and give all that they have to the one ruler. Now, if y'all, are y'all following me now? Now, you needed to know that. You have to know that before we go and find... Where you say, preacher, we're supposed to talk about the stone. Well, yeah, we're going to get to the stone. But you got to know who they were so you know how significant it is for what the stone does. Say amen. amen. So, number one, we have the futile kingdoms. Why do we say futile? Because they're going to come to an end. They're not going to last. They're, they're temporary. They are, they are, they're going to come. They're, 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 they're going to come to an end, even the future one. Then we have the future kings. These are the ones that are going to be when are, they're going to be in charge. They're going to be in control and they're going to be in power when Jesus returns. They're going to give their power to the Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to fight. The 10 kings are going to fight and make war with Christ when he comes back. <clears throat> now, number three, let's get to who we came for. Amen. The final king. The final king. Listen, many of you in here have been under and, and, and have seen the election of many presidents. Some you liked and some you didn't like. We've seen leaders that we've hated. We've seen leaders that we loved. We've seen leaders across this world that were great men or some were bad men. Uh, this world has been full of kings and full of leaders. But think about this. There's never been one that didn't have problems. There's never been one that wasn't in some way have issues, some weaknesses, some faults, some flaws. Uh, they've all been human. They've all been human. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you tonight. There's going to be one last king, one final king. And we find him in the, the, the image. We find him in the dream. And the Bible says this, the Bible says this verse number, uh, uh, verse number 34. Let's go back to verse 34 and then we'll come to 45, 34 and 45. When you get to 34, say amen. He says, thou sawest till that a stone, thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet. It smote the, and by the way, that's, 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 that we can learn a lot from just that. 
because that teaches us that teaches us that the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord, He's not going to return during the time of the Babylonians. He's not going to turn, return during the time of the the Medo-Persian Empire or the Greek Empire or the Roman Empire. Where did the stone land? On the feet, right? So we know that's going to help us kind of get a timing down. Doesn't come in the in the first one, second one, third one, or fourth one. It's going to come in the last one. In the last one. All right. Now, it says the stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron, and break them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold broken to pieces together, and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away and no place was found for them. And the stone, watch what happens. The stone that smote the image became a great, what? And filled the, the whole earth. Now let's jump, let's jump. Let's jump to verse 45. Verse 45. For as much, well, let's go back to verse 44. Verse 44. In the days of these kings, those 10 toes, in the days of the 10 horns, the 10 toes, the 10 kings that are sitting on the seven hills. In the days of these kings shall God, the God of heaven, set up a kingdom. Y'all notice it was not plural. It's not kingdoms. There's not going to be 10 kingdoms. There's going to be one kingdom, which shall never be destroyed. And the king, now what happened to the Babylonian empire? It was destroyed. What happened to the Medo-Persian? What happened to the Greek? And basically the Romans. Now we know there's elements that's lingering, still smoldering, and it's going to be revived. But guess what? It's going to be. But there's coming a kingdom that'll never be destroyed. Amen. Watch this. Watch this. This is good. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. This kingdom that we're talking about shall not be left to other people. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying the Babylonian kingdom was taken over by the Medo-Persians. In other words, its kingdom was left to the Medo-Persians. The Medo-Persians was taken over by the Greek empire. It was left to the Greeks. And then the Greeks were left to the Romans. And, and in other words, nobody got to keep it. Nobody got to hold on to it. It was all temporary. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Why? Because it's all temporary. We can't hold on to none of this stuff. Don't, don't, don't fall in love with your house. Don't fall in love with your car. Don't fall in love with material possession because everything you see is temporary. It'll be not left. It, it, this, but this kingdom, this kingdom, nobody else is going to get it. Nobody else is going to take over This kingdom will not be lost. It will not be taken away. It's not going to be left to other people. But it shall break in pieces and consume. What's that next word? All these kingdoms. All what kingdoms? All the kingdoms of the Gentiles. Every nation on earth. By the way, every nation but Israel is what? A Gentile nation. Think about that. Every nation on earth is a Gentile nation except the nation of Israel. Israel will be restored with their promised Messiah, their promised king, and the earth will be in submission to that final king. All of them, all of them, every nation, every kingdom is going to be submitting, submitting to him. And it shall stand forever. Watch this. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands and that it break in pieces, the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, the gold, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. Now, first of all, let's look at the final king. A, write this down. If you're taking notes, write this down. Let's look at the identity, the identity of the stone. We need to identify the stone. Who is this stone? Who is this figure? I mean, obviously we know who it is, but we got to get some Bible to back it up. Amen. We know it's Christ. We know it's Jesus, but let's, let's support it. We, we're going to identify the stone and the identity is found in its description. The identity of the stone is found in its description. How is it described? It's cut without hands. Say it with me. Cut out without 
hands. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean to be cut out without hands? It means there's no human, there's no human power made. It is not of earth's origin. It is from out of this world, if you will. Acts 17, 24. Acts 17, 24. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples, say it with me, made with hands. Second Corinthians 5, 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Preacher, what are you saying? It has a heavenly origin. Man didn't have anything to do with it. Man had no hands. Man had no involvement in it at all. Does that not sound like the virgin birth? The incarnation of Christ? Amen. It was all God. All God. Man has nothing to do with it. Man cannot touch it. Man cannot contribute to it. It's all God. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. We see the identity of the stone found in its description, but then found in its depiction. Who was called a stone? Who was depicted as a stone and described as a stone? All right. Psalms 118.22. Psalm at 118.22. The stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. Isaiah 28.16. Isaiah 28.16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a, a stone, a tried Stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Now we know that's talking about Christ. Luke 20, verse 17 and 18. This is Jesus speaking. And he beheld them and said, what is in this then that is written? The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. Whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like the description we see of the stone with the mountain? Amen. And the stone with all the kingdoms of the earth, it ground them to powder. How do you know? Because it's like the chaff. Y'all, y'all know what chaff is. It just comes up and the wind just blows it away. What a description. Acts 4.10. Acts 4.10, Peter's preaching, he's, he's describing, and he's, he's, he's teaching the people that's really arrested him. Be it known unto you all, be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus, let's all say it, that's good. By the name of whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand before you whole. This is the stone. stone. Say it with me. This is the stone. which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. So I think without a doubt, without any, without any argument whatsoever, no, no interpretation needed. There's no doubt about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the stone. He's the stone cut out without hands. He's the stone that came down from the mountains. Amen. He's the stone that God has chosen, that God picked, that he laid to be the foundation. Chief cornerstone, precious stone. Amen. 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 That's good. Mm -hmm. He is. He is the one that's coming. B, B, B. We see, the, we see the, the identity of the stone. But then I want you to see the invasion of the stone. The invasion. I was going to put involvement, but I like the word invasion. Because when we read Revelation 19, you're going to see it's an invasion. White horse invasion. Amen. Now, let's look at Daniel. First, let's start. Let's don't, let's don't get out of our, our text. Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2, verse 34. Thou sawest, now keep in mind, keep in mind, we're looking and in, in, in with the, the time of the 10 toes or the 10 kings, the 10 kings. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote, say that with me, which smote the image upon his feet. So we know the timing. 
We know the timing. Was not during the Babylonian, was not during the Medo-Persian, was not during the Greek, was not during the Roman. It's going to be in the end. All right. The first four was in the, the or there we go. Beginning is in the past. So we'll, I'll, I'll let you have that one. Amen. So the first four was in the, all right. The future, the, the 10 toes are in the, so when is Christ coming in the, in the future? Okay. Now, now what's he going to do when he gets here? He's going to smoke the image upon his feet. All right. Those 10 Kings, which were of iron and clay and break them to pieces. Then was the iron. Now this is going to represent all of the Gentile rule. Okay. He not only crushed the toes, which represented those 10 Kings, but then now he's describing everything else. You see there, it says, which smote the image upon the feet that were iron and clay, 10 Kings, break them to pieces. Now, then was the, and the, and the, and the, and the, broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. Now, preacher, what do you mean? I'm saying by that statement, all Gentile rule will cease completely. All Gentile rule on this whole earth, whole planet will cease. There will be one king and one kingdom. And all God's people say it. Now, turn with me, turn with me to Revelation chapter number, uh, yeah, but I don't know if I want that one. I don't think that's the one I want. Let's see. Um, Somewhere. Nope, that's not the one I want. 19. Revelation 19. Oh, yeah. Hey, write in your notes, write in your notes, scribble out 21. That should be 19. That should be 19. Okay, everybody? So there's a typo there. It's not Revelation 21. It's Revelation 19. Okay? Revelation 19, verse 11 through 16. Now, what's, what's the point? What's the point? It's B. What is the point? Come on, everybody. Invasion. Invasion. That's what we're talking about, right? The invasion of the stone. The stone's coming. The stone that's cut out without hands is coming to crush the 10 kings, right? Now, we're going to skip to Revelation, and we're going to give a, get a real descriptive view of what John saw. Now, this is what Daniel's seeing. Now, we're going to get what John saw. So, we're all on the same page. Everybody together? All right, now. Revelation 19, verse 11. If you're there, say amen. Amen. And I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he doth judge and his eyes were as a flame of fire on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew, but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called? Now, now, let's go to John. You don't have to do it. I'll quote it for you. His name is called? What is, what is significant about the word word? Specifically, the W. It's capitalized. The word is Christ. So where do we find that? John 1, 1. In the beginning was the? And the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. We skipped on down a few verses. It says, and the word, word. say it with me. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the father. Are y'all with me? So the word is Christ. The word is the incarnate son of God. So the one coming through the door in heaven on a white horse is Christ. Are y'all with me? He came the first time in the manger. He came humbly the first time. He came lowly the first time. He came poor the first time. He came with nothing the first time. He came, listen, as a, as a pauper the first time, but not the second time. 
The second time he's coming as a king. He's coming as king of kings and Lord of lords. Say amen. The word of God and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. That's me and you, by the way. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite, 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 smote, smite. Same word. Say amen. Smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. Now, where's he going to do that from? Jerusalem, his capital. He treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, say it with me. Again. Say, preacher, what did I just read? The invasion. The invasion. He's coming back. I don't care what the scoffers say. I know they, I know the critics are out there, but he's coming back. He's coming back. Matter of fact, he's coming back. The angels said he's coming back when they were on, on, on the mountain, on the, on the east side. And uh, 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 in, in, in he ascended up into heaven and, and they were gazing. Y'all remember? I remember in Acts chapter number one, uh, they were gazing up into heaven. They said, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same one is left here. He's going to come. He's going to come back the same way. Amen. And you know what? He's going to come back to that very spot. He's going to walk across the Kidron Valley. He's going to go up the side of the hill to the eastern gate. He's going to go through the eastern gate and he's going to assume the throne of his father, David, and rule with a rod of iron from the capital, Jerusalem, over the entire world. Say amen. 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 Now, even, even, even Muslims, even Muslims know he's coming. And they're trying to prevent him from coming. They have concreted up completely the whole eastern gate. We, when we're in Israel, we can go through those other gates. But we're looking at the eastern gate. And, and I saw, this looks odd. They did. They concreted up the gate. And they put a Muslim graveyard in front of the, of the entrance so it would be unclean for a Jewish rabbi to go through that way. I can't wait till Jesus comes. He's coming. He's going to invade this planet. Listen, this is one of the reasons why they missed him the first time. Because this, this is who they were waiting on. They were waiting on a conqueror. They were waiting on a destroyer. They were waiting on somebody to crush the Romans. But Jesus didn't come that way the first time. But he's coming that way the second time. Amen. Now watch this. Let's keep on. The invasion, the invasion, the stone's coming. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to crush the Kings. He's going to crush the Antichrist. He's going to deal with them. But then number four, number four, let's, let's review. Let's review. Number one, we see the, the feudal kingdom, futile kingdom. Why is it futile? Because it's, it's going to cease. It's going to cease. Number two, the future kings, the ones in, even in our future, not just, not just Daniel's future, but even in our future, the others were in our past, but these are in our future. They're coming. They're coming. Things are all falling into place. They're just all falling into place. The one world ruler is, I I believe with all my heart, and I I, I probably every preacher that's been alive has said it, but I believe with all my heart, the one world ruler, the Antichrist, the one we're talking about, he is breathing the same air we are. I believe he's alive today. And I believe Jesus is coming soon. Amen. Now let's look at the, uh, what, what, what was number one again? The futile kingdom. Number two, the, the future kings. Number three, the, the final king. That sounds good. Say that again. The final king. Then number four, I want you to see the forever kingdom. Singular. The forever kingdom. The forever kingdom. Daniel chapter seven. Back to our text. 
Well, that's not our text. Daniel 3 is our text. So let's go to Daniel 3. Daniel 3 verse 44. And then we'll, we'll go back to Daniel 7. Daniel 3 verse 44. The final kingdom. The final kingdom. Are you there? Daniel 2. That's what I said, Daniel 2. Y'all need to pay attention. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, listen, give me, give me a little slack, y'all. I'm looking at verse 44, and I'm looking at chapter 3 right there, and I, I, it's just, anyway, anyway. Norm, when I was in Florida, discipling that kid down there, I left my big eye Bible down there. My brother's got to mail it back, so I'm, I'm using my medium eye Bible, all right? So y'all got to give me a little slack. Oh, I miss that Bible. More Norm got me one Ray Charles can read. I'm telling you, it's a... Got big old words. Okay, now let's get it. Chapter 2, verse 44, right? And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall. Amen. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall. Let's talk about that. Daniel 7, Daniel 7, verse 13. I saw in the night visions and behold, one like the son of man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom, a kingdom, singular, one kingdom. Who's going to be in this one kingdom? Who's going to be in this one kingdom? That all people, nations, and should should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. And all God's people say it. Isaiah 9, 6. Isaiah 9, 6. We, we, we. We read this all the time. We read this all the time for Christmas. But, but this, is, this is what it's talking about. All right? This is what Isaiah 9 is talking about. Verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the, the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Now, where's this going to take place? Upon the throne of and upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall will perform this. In other words, it's going to happen right there in Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be the capital of the world. Uh, uh, Jesus is coming. You look in verse six, Isaiah, Isaiah nine, six for unto us, a child is born. That's the cradle. That's the cradle. If y'all want to write a cool little outline, you can write this for unto us, a child is born. That's the cradle Christ in the cradle unto us. A son is given. That's the cross. For God so loved the world that he, he gave, where did he give him? On the cross. Unto us a child is born, that's the cradle. Unto us a son is given, that's the cross. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, that's the crown. That's the crown. Think about this. When he assumes the crown, when he assumes the rulership of the world, all the governing in the government of all the world will be upon him. And this is what they're going to say. You know, I, I, listen, it doesn't take long for people to talk about whoever's in charge, right? Of anything. A country, a company, a church. He don't have to be in charge too long before people just start describing his reign. Yeah. 
I don't know about that preacher. You know, I don't Or, boy, we got a great one. Or, man, I don't know about that. Good or bad, they're going to start talking. Now, uh, all the people that love the president, they're going to brag on him. All the people that hate the president, no matter what he does, he can give them all whatever. They're going to talk bad about it. That's just the way it is. But the Bible says when Jesus assumes authority, when Jesus takes the throne and Jesus begins to reign on this earth, can anybody remember, can anybody remember one single ruler in the history of humanity that everybody liked? Never. Never. I mean, not even close. Not even close. But watch what they say about Jesus. When Jesus takes the throne, verse 6, he assumes authority. He is sitting on his throne. This is what they're going to be saying on CNN. And Fox. Y'all know that's something. If them two are going to say the same thing, this is what they're going to say. He is wonderful. What a counselor. The mighty God. The everlasting father. I tell you what, he's the prince of peace. <laughs> yeah. So how do you know? It, just, it says it. His name shall be called. That's what they're going to say. His reign and his rule is going to be wonderful. Wonderful. Amen. All right. Now, let's hurry. Let's hurry. Seven minutes. We got it. We got it. There's going to be two stages. There's going to be two stages. It was a long time. It was a long time me growing up and studying my Bible before I caught on to this. But I thought once Jesus comes back, it's all great from there on out. But really, his kingdom is going to be in two stages. And there's a reason. There's a reason. First, there is a millennial stage. A millennial stage. That's the thousand year reign. I got I to gotta just tell you some stuff because I'm running out of time. So I'm going to just let you know. You can look it up later. When Jesus comes back, when Jesus comes back, he's going to have to fight the Antichrist, which is no issue. He's just going to say the word. Sword out of his mouth, which is his word. He's going to say the word. He's going to cut him down. It's just going to be brutal. So that's no issue. He's going to come and he's going to rule and he's going to establish his throne. God's going to make it so great because he's going to send an angel to bind Satan. And Satan is going to be bound for 1,000 years. Can you imagine not having to put up with any kind of temptation, any kind of grief, any kind of trouble from the devil at all for 1,000 years? Man, that's going to be great. And so Jesus is going to rule on this earth for a thousand years. It, it, it describes, I didn't have room on the paper. Matter of fact, I had to cut a lot of stuff out because I couldn't fit it on two sides. And I didn't want to print two. <laughs> Amen. So uh, this is the time that is spoken of when the lion shall lay down by the, by the lamb. A child will have the ability to go and pick up a rattlesnake. I'm still not, but I could. God's going God's gonna to adjust the earth to be like it was when he first created it in so many ways. Now, now, so all of the saved, the born again, the children of God, all the believers are going to be with him in the millennial reign. In a perfect, under a perfect rule for a thousand years. But... After the thousand years is up. See, we don't talk about this much. Satan's going to be loose one more time. And he's going to go to all four corners of this earth getting support. I thought, one, why would he do that? Two, who's who's going to fall into that? Well, imagine this. Imagine 
imagine a world for a thousand years, how many babies can be born when there's no disease and, and a great, almost perfect environment with a perfect rule. And God's keeping everything in line because the Bible says he will rule with a rod of iron. So there's not going to be a bunch of foolishness. Are y'all with me? And so there's going to be multiple millions and millions and millions of people being born during those thousand years. And then Satan's going to come and he's going to deceive a ton. He's going to deceive many. Now, let's read it. Let's read it so you know I'm not lying to you. First, the millennial stage, Revelation 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark in their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ thousand years. And by the way, by the way, that is why you should really serve him now. Because what you do during that thousand years, in other words, your job during the thousand years is going to be determined by how you serve him now. That's right. So, so you guys in here that's just cruising and just, just going to make sure you get to heaven. I'm not really, I just want to make sure I get in and got a ticket. I'll be just satisfied with that. You're not going to like your job. You're going to be rewarded where much is given. If you're faithful in the, are y'all with me? And God is going to, that's the way this is going to be. We're going to work. The saints of God are going to rule with him during that thousand years. Okay. Now when that thousand years is up, Satan's going to be turned loose. Revelation 21. Revelation 21. When you get there, say amen. amen. That's not the one I want. Yes, it is. I did it again, didn't I? Let's see. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Verse Chapter 20, verse 7. How did I mess that up again? I was in too much of a hurry. Verse 7. Verse 7. Chapter 20, verse 7. If you're there, say amen. Hurry up, only got one minute. Is everybody there? And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the... Man, that's a lot of people. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city, and that's Jerusalem, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And at that time, the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And right after that, we see the great white throne where all sinners are going to be judged. Now, here's the thing you need to understand. I always wonder, why would God do that? Why would he turn him loose? Here's the thing. Forever man has had this idea that, you know, man is good by nature. We become what we are by our environment. But you know what God says about that? Our heart is wicked. It's not an environmental problem. It's a heart issue. And so God is going to prove his point. There will be tons and tons and tons of people born that will be ruled in a perfect environment. With a perfect leader with a great ruler, with Jesus himself ruling. But inside, their heart is corrupt. And Satan will be able to deceive them. And there's going to be, what a sad commentary. That, but it's going to prove, it's going to prove without a shadow of a doubt, the wickedness of man's heart. That man is corrupt in his heart. But God's going to destroy them. He's going to be done with it. And this is what's going to happen. 
We see the millennial stage of the final kingdom and now the eternal stage. The eternal stage. Now we can get to 21. After all that is over, John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Say amen. Amen. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. See, that's what God wanted the whole time. From the very beginning. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Say amen. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Forever and ever. Miss Diane, no more hospitals. No more surgeries. No more heart attacks. No more death. No more funerals. It's going to be done. Children, hang on. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like John at the end of Revelation. Stand up so you know I'm serious. I kind of feel like John at the end of Revelation when, when, when the Lord said, behold, I come quickly. He said, even so, come on. Even so, come on, come on. I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready. I'm ready. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. You know, I sure hate the people that missed out on tonight. I don't know about y'all, but I had a good time. The rock is on the way. Amen.